Hi, and welcome to the Choose Mom podcast. I'm Trish, a military spouse, mom to three girls, and nutritional therapy practitioner. As moms, we make a million choices each day, but how many of those choices actually put us at the top of the list? If you're anything like me, that answer is a very few, but that's about to change. So join me on my journey to choose myself again and to hear the stories of other mamas who are doing the same. Katie, I'm so excited to talk to you today. I found you through my best friend, and she was like, you have to have her on the show. She's amazing. And so I'm really excited to have you today. So can you just tell us a little bit about yourself before I start asking you some questions? Yes. Hi. Thank you. Um, Thank you so much for having me. It is truly an honor to be on your podcast. I love your podcast. Um, I feel like there's a takeaway from every single episode. Um, But my name is Katie. I am a wife and a mother, um, and I have a three-year-old daughter named Covey. Such a cute name. (laughs) Thank you. She is my everything. (laughs) I am a stay-at-home mom during the day, and then I work part-time at a small card shop. It's really cute. Um, And then I'm also trying my own small business in between all of that. I... Your story, I'm not going to tell it for you, but you turned a really hard situation into something that's now really beautiful. So I can't wait to like dig in today and really talk about that. And what I'm really excited about is, you know, we t- I talk with moms every every day and, you know, I have a new mom every week and we talk about our motherhood journey, but I have not really spoken to anyone about their birth story. And I love birth stories. And I know that your birth story really is the beginning of, I guess for every mom, the birth story is the beginning, but yours in particular really is the beginning of where you are now. So can we talk about your birth story? I know it was probably not what you expected. So start from the beginning. Let's hear it. Yes. Um, So I had um, what they call PROM, which is preterm premature rupture of the membranes, basically means your water. Uh, my water broke. Um, I, that broke at around 29 weeks. Okay. Um, I didn't know it was happening. <laughs> I just kind of went to the hospital and they tested me and they're like, oh, you're going to be our little hostage and you're going to stay here until this baby is born. <laughs> so that was, um, you know, difficult to hear. At 29 weeks, I had just had my baby shower. Um, I didn't even get my thank you cards out. I had to basically go to the hospital and not leave and live there. So I lived there for about two weeks. Um, They don't know why my water ruptured. They just said sometimes it happens. So I lived there for almost two weeks. I celebrated my 30th birthday there. (laughs) And my daughter arrived uh, three days later. Um, I just went into active labor again. And they let me um, labor right there in the room that I had been staying in. I had Hallmark Christmas movies on and everything. (laughs) That's relaxing. Um, Yeah, that's very relaxing. Um, So, yeah, I I had her right there. And I got to hold her, luckily, for 10 seconds before they whisked her away to the NICU with my husband. Um, And there she spent seven weeks in the NICU. And that was probably one of the hardest things I ever had to do in my life. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And the hospital was an hour away as well. So that was a lot of traveling back and forth. So, so did you have any, like your water broke, you said it was spontaneous. Was there any signs leading up to that or it literally just happened? Um, We had, 
um, we had been seeing maternal fetal medicine just for um, like my husband's background. His sister had a heart murmur um, just for things just to keep an eye on, but nothing to the point where it would cause, I guess, preterm labor. They did right. say sometimes it can just happen. Um, they joked with me the night or the morning that I went in, um, that there was a full moon that night. <laughs> so, oh, no. Yeah. Uh, so that was, it was hard though. Cause I felt, you know, I felt like my body had failed me that, you know, I did something wrong or, um, you know, so I did something and it was hard to kind of get over that. I didn't do anything wrong. This is just a part of her story. And she wanted to be here early before Christmas. <laughs> right. I want to circle back. I'm going to like yeah. make a little note to myself about talking about your body failing you. Yeah. Um, or just your feel. You, it didn't, your feelings yeah. towards that. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so you, you had, you had Kobe and they took her to the NICU pretty much immediately. You had, you know, a couple seconds just to look at her face and then she had to go. So how long were you able to stay so, you know, when I've had my babies, I stayed for like a day, maybe two. Did they kick you out like the same at that same time or so, did they let you stay? I had her on a Monday night right before midnight. Um, I was I didn't get to see her till the next afternoon. I remember it was like it had been like 20 hours. Yeah, after she was born. Um, they kicked me out, I think, that Wednesday morning. So that. I remember walking out of the hospital and I remember thinking like, this isn't how it's supposed to be. Like you, sh I should be walking out with my baby, not by myself. Um, it was hard. <laughs> I can imagine how hard that is. So, so you go home and now, you know, usually you're sitting on the couch holding your baby, nursing, bottle feeding, whatever you're doing and just kind of taking it easy, but you didn't have that luxury. So you get home and you said you're an hour away. I would love to hear all about those next seven weeks, what that was like for you. So like getting home, I mean, the breastfeeding journey, like I was a mess. I mean, I didn't, you know, I didn't know that um, even like leading up to Kobe being born, I remember when I did get admitted to the hospital, I remember crying to my mom and I said, I don't know how to give birth. Like, I don't, I didn't get to that part of the book. <laughs> you know, I, didn't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. And she's like, you have a whole team of people here. You'll, you know, you can do it. You know, um, they'll be here to help and guide you. And, you know, same with like breastfeeding. And, you know, I, I felt like I just left and I was like, I have a pump. I don't, I don't know what to do. Um, I didn't know it takes a couple of days for, you know, your breast milk to come in. And, um, I remember leaving and I just, I didn't sleep that night. I I do remember that. Yeah. I just, and my, I remember having to get up and just, I need to be there for my daughter. I need to get up. I need to, you know, this is what being a mother is all about. I need to be there for her. So that's what I did. I, I just started waking up each day, getting myself together gathering the supplies that I pumped and just showing up for her every day. There was a point, um, a lot of our close friends and family chipped in and they bought us an Airbnb close to the oh, hospital for a week. That's so, such a great gift. Yeah. So I was able to live pretty close to the hospital because at the time, I don't think my hospital allowed overnight stay for the NICU. Yeah. Um, so that's what I did. I just woke up and showed up every single day and spent as long as I could with her until 
They kicked me out. <laughs> you know, I feel blessed. I've never had to have a NICU stay with any of my girls. What is that like when you're in the NICU day to day sitting in there and maybe even like the people you connect with? The way it worked for us, we went in, you know, there was a very strict hand washing, hand sanitizing, but each of the babies, at least in my NICU, were in pods. So mm-hmm. I could be sharing a pod with, you know, another family or two other families. Um, and, you know, you, you try to talk to them and get to know them and, oh, this is my experience. And you do, you connect with those other parents because they've been through something you know, that will forever connect you, you know, I would just go in there and I would sit and I, if I could hold Kovi, I would do skin to skin with her. Um, and I would sit there all day with her. Sometimes I would forget to drink, eat, you know, and that's bad. The nurses try to remind you to, you know, go, go to the bathroom, like go get something to eat. Um, but you're, you're basically sitting there, you know, depending on your child's, um, what's, where they're at, at their stage in the NICU, you can help with taking their temperature or changing their diaper or giving them their first bath or a bottle feeding, whatever, you know, you choose to do, but it's, you know, they're long days and you just, it's, it's so rewarding though, to see the progression. It is hard to, the first, the first couple of days, the alarms and everything, it's, it's a little like what's happening, what's going on. But it's, you know, I'm just sitting here listening to you. And I think of all those, you know, we, or I'm not going to say we all speak for only myself. I just take all that stuff for granted. You know, I brought three mm-hmm. babies home and was able to, I never had to think about that. Yeah. And so I feel like you have this extra special perspective, like what a gift it is to really be able to do that with your baby and appreciate that. And I, I'm like looking back and realizing like how lucky I am. And I hope other moms listening to your story realize like, like we take those things for granted and not everybody gets those. So let's circle back to when you talked about your body failing you. Yep. You are not the first mom that I've spoken to where, you know, you feel like your body's failing you, especially Allie in episode two. She, she had an eating disorder. And so she felt her body failed her that way. And I find that it's a common trend that if something isn't going right, we blame ourselves, we blame our bodies. You know, it's, I feel like it's easy for a woman almost to not feel safe or feel trust in her body. And I deal with that too. And I, cause I've touched on, you know, my illness, anxiety disorder situation that I have. And so that's three different ways, three different women don't feel safe or trust their bodies or are okay with their bodies. So can you talk about that? How you felt, you know, that your body quote failed you and how you learned to overcome that? Yeah. Um, I think it's hard. Like when I was pregnant with Kobe, I had a lot of close friends that were also pregnant. Um, you know, and my sister-in-law, she, she was pregnant and her, all of her babies, you know, she had a very normal pregnancy and, you know, you're surrounded by all these other moms, um, that you're close to. And you see that they go on to have these successful pregnancies full term and, you know, everything's blissful. And I didn't, I didn't have that. And that was really hard for me, you know, having COVID early, like I, I almost missed that that connection too, like when I had her, I didn't feel that instant connection. And I think that's important, you know, to talk about as well, just because I, it took time for me and I don't know if it was because she was born early or what, but I learned to get that as she was in the NICU and I got to be with her every single day after. Um, but when she came home, that's when it really started to hit me that, 
you know, why did my body fail me? Like I felt like a failure in ways that I couldn't sustain the pregnancy for whatever reason. And I didn't feel connected to her. Yeah. Um, if that makes sense. No, it makes perfect um, so sense. That was a big, for me, that's, that was a big factor of why I felt like my body failed. Like I had to talk through it a lot. I did talk about it with like my husband and looking back now, I probably should have saw a therapist. Um, I think I did have a lot of PTSD after having her and just the NICU life. I learned like, you know, as she got older and she started, you know, hitting those milestones, I just felt like, you know, no, I, I'm doing something right here. Like I tried to fill ways that maybe could help me feel like my body didn't fail, I guess. I don't know how to explain yeah. it. No, but, you're seeing the success and the beauty of yeah. your daughter and realizing, okay, my body didn't fail. My body's actually amazing. Look what it produced. Yeah. It's like, I can love her. I can show her, you know, love and care for her and, you know, do all the things. And that's when I started to think like, you know, I need to start choosing myself and learn to accept that my body didn't fail me. Like this is the timing was everything. Like she was brought into this world at this time. And I can't imagine one day, you know, like if she was came later, like she was meant to be here when she was. I kind of want to touch on something where you said, you know, you might not have felt that attachment because I think there's this huge misconception that, you know, we pop out this baby or, you know, adopt a baby or however you get, become a mother. And like, we're supposed to feel this instant connection because I didn't. So my my first baby, like as I went on, I didn't feel that attachment right away. And I, something I always tell moms and for myself is we should all have a mom friend that's at least like 10 years older than us. Yes. Because they're the best. And I am lucky to have many of those from my teaching days. They kind of adopted me. <laughs> but one of the moms gave me the best advice that I've ever gotten. And I tell this to other moms and they like look at me like I'm weird, but then they get it was you don't, you, you don't have to to like your baby right away. You might not like your baby or feel attached to your baby right away, but society, I don't know if it's society or the expectations we put on ourselves make us feel like this baby comes out and it's instant love and whatever. But I mean, honestly, this baby just came out of your body and it's, it's a stranger. Yes. And it's asking a lot of you. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. I just, and I remember like, I remember when they like, they put her like kind of right on my upper abdomen and I, I still think back, I'm like, did I touch her? Like, did I, I don't remember like grabbing her. Like, I think I was so nervous that like, was she breathing? What, like what was going to happen? And she was breathing thankfully. And, um, yeah. they quick did what they needed to do. And the, I remember the NICU doctor came over and they were like, you know, we're going to let you hold her for 10 seconds, but that's it. We got to bring her over. And I was grateful for that. But like she left and I remember thinking like, wow, I was like, women are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I just gave birth, <laughs> but, um, so surreal. I, I didn't have, and I don't know if it was because I didn't get to hold her right away, just like, you know, in the movies and all this stuff. And, but it, it took me, it took me a while. And, um, you know, we didn't have that same, or I didn't have that same experience as my other mom friends who got to take their babies home right away. So I, I think that could connect to why I thought my body failed me. You had talked about you know, redefining the meaning of done yes. with something you've had to teach yourself and like through seasons. So can you talk about that? Yeah, I read it somewhere. I don't know who said it or whatever, but it it's the quote is redefine the meaning of done. Um, and I think this helped me, you know, in general, because 
I realized, um, just being a mom, I can't do everything. I can't get everything done, you know, in a day. And I used to get so upset about it. Like I thought that I owed it to my husband to, you know, have the house all cleaned and, you know, meals prepared and, you know, no dirty dishes in the sink. And I was like, I can't do this. And I, it really broke me too. Cause I, you know, when you throw a, a baby in the mix or a kid um, or multiple children, it's, it's not easy. And you have to learn to let go and go with the flow. And that is something that is so hard for me, but I'm learning. And, um, you know, I think I've learned to just give myself grace and that I realized, you know, when she got home from the NICU, that was a, and just being a new mother, I didn't know what I was doing. You know, that season of life was really hard, but then as she got a little bit older, it got a little easier. Um, I got to do a little bit more and it was just that, you know, that redefining moment of, yeah, like this season is nice. Like I, I can do a little bit more and that if I don't get it all done today, that's okay. One day when she's probably older, I'll be able to have a clean kitchen like every day, like my mom and my mother-in-law, but not right now. And that's okay. One day, one day. Um, How else do you prioritize yourself in motherhood? I do know that like after I had COVID, um, that could really rock your relationship with your husband. And I did not know that. (laughs) (laughs) I was not prepared for that. Um, That was hard. And I realized kind of with the redefining the meaning of done, I, I realized I needed to be a better communicator and talk to him about my needs and my wants. And as hard as it was to eventually have those conversations, I was so happy that I did because today, like he can recognize like when I've had a hard day with Kobe or it's just, you know, you need time to just separate yourself, you know, whether that's letting me sleep in on the weekends, one day a week. Um, or whatever in the morning, um, or letting me run to target (laughs) or just, you know, getting to do something to fill my cup. And I definitely would not be able to do it without him. I think the biggest thing is just, you know, communicating with my partner and telling him I need to do something for me by myself and then giving me the time to do it. I think that's huge because oftentimes we don't always ask for what we want. And then yes. once that builds up, it just, you know, there's sometimes it's to the point of no return or it just explodes. So yes. I love that you caught it early and you're able to realize like, hey, if I can express my needs, then my needs can be met. No one's going to read your mind. Right. There's so there's so much dynamic between the relationship after you have a baby and even especially after our birth experience that we had. And I know that there was a lot of um, PTSD with him as well. And I I didn't realize that, you know, as a dad, like I'm thinking it's all happening to me. Like I'm the one that needs to be there. I'm the one that's providing, but you know, he, he needed to communicate with um, what his needs were as well. And I needed to listen to him as well. And I think that sort of part of Kobe's birth experience and her whole journey and, you know, timing of everything like that, that all connects together. But we learned that, you know, we both need our space and our time and, you know, and to listen to one another. Yeah. So I love that you've been able to use this experience of a pretty traumatic birth and first few months of her life to really bring you guys closer. And I'm going to use that to talk about something else that really beautiful has come out of this situation. And I would love to hear how you have used this 
you know, this experience in your life to turn into to like a business for you. And it kind of popped up out of love. So can you tell us all about it? For background purposes, my background is actually in fashion design, but we changed courses, you know, life happens and we wanted to start a family and settle down. So with that always being a passion of mine, I remember sitting in the NICU all those long days and I would wear the same thing over and over again, which was like a a very big black uh, shirt that could stretch so mm-hmm. that they could put Kobe underneath it. Yeah. And then kind of like thread her uh, tubing and clip it everywhere and tape it to the back of the chair. And I remember one of the staff saying to me, like, how could you be a designer and, you know, wear black every day and <laughs> wear the same shirt? And, you know, I, I would just go and be comfortable. And um, I said, it's the only thing that like works. And I remember sitting there and, you know, we were so blessed with, you know, other NICU parents that you connect with or past um, parents that had NICU babies and they would, you know, bring in gifts or like gift cards for the parents or um, so blankets for the babies or hats or, you know, and I just, I love that. I love that people gave back and I really wanted to do that. Um, I think in my whole design career, I really always wanted to help other people or give back. I kept thinking like, I want to give back to moms, like, or, you know, the caregivers like that are holding their babies every day. And what is that? What could that be? So I kind of did like a deep dive and use my own, you know, personal experience and my, you know, background. And I decided to come up with a, a design that moms or caregivers could wear in the NICU or just out in general. And it's a cardigan that they can wear and do kangaroo care or skin to skin. That is so cool. <laughs> I just wanted something cute, uh, fashionable, comfy, but also functional. Yeah. So something designed, you wish you would have had. Um, so my cardigan has what you call epaulets on the shoulders. Okay. And it's just a strap that has buttons and you can thread their tubing while you're doing skin to skin and you you know the nurses will clip things or tape things but essentially you can use that to thread the tubing while you're sitting there for an hour or two that is so smart yeah company is called Covey and Kate named after my daughter Covey and I yeah um, so this is how I want to give back to the NICU so I try to turn something that was kind of scary and Turn into something wonderful. I hope <laughs> it's like the thing you will ne- you hope you never need, but if you do need it, like you're really gonna want it. Such a good gift. <laughs> I just wanted to give back somehow, and I feel like the babies are really taken care of. But you you got to remember the mamas too, right? So no, I think, and I've spent for other reasons. I've spent a lot, a lot, a lot of time in the hospital um, growing up with a sick father. So I know firsthand, not with the baby aspect, but when you're in a hospital, yeah. like any little creature comfort that you can have is even more important than normally. Cause you don't realize like when you're sitting in these sterile places on like these hard chairs, like those little creature comforts are just so, so special. Yeah. And that would be, and they can wear that afterwards too. Like I would totally wear that sitting on the couch or anywhere out. It's cute. It looks cozy and comfy. And it was really fun to do something that was my passion and like kind of turn it into something. (laughs) I love that you did that. And I think 
it just shows a lot about your character. You know, you took a situation that was difficult and made it into something really beautiful and like saw the positive and the giving back is just yeah. really awesome. Thank you. You are so welcome. So I asked you if there was a phrase you live by and I could not, you gave me two, but I chose yes. my, I chose my favorite. I'm sorry. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> but I absolutely love this phrase and I'll let, it's the one about the fire. Yeah. So, so I will let you talk about that. <laughs> I posted this. I don't know where it came from. Um, I did. I reposted on my social media a couple weeks ago and I just, it resonated so much with me. Um, especially having, you know, a high risk daughter. Um, but is you are not required to set yourself on fire to keep other people warm. And I just love it. I (laughs) want to make like a, like a print of that and like have it in my house somewhere. It's, it just, you know, after having Kobe, um, she came home right before the holidays. And, you know, when she left the NICU, um, she had a heart murmur. She had a grade two brain bleed. Uh, she was seeing a neurologist, cardiologist, like all the things. And, you know, being a preemie, you know, she didn't get to develop like a full-term baby would. Sure. Um, so they were like, you know, this is cold and flu season, RSV season, you know, you really got to keep your bubble tight. Like we quarantined before it was even a thing. Um, You're ahead of your time. Ahead of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Hand sanitizer stations all throughout our house. Like we, we kept it to immediate family and we didn't go out. And I, I really like that quote because I often felt, you know, Jody or uncle Bob, you know, they really wanted to see Kobe and they didn't care. Like it would make them so happy. And I realized, you know, just because it's going to make them happy doesn't mean that you have to do it for the safety of your child. And I learned that it's okay to say no. So if you're listening to this, like here's your permission to (laughs) say no. Like if it steals your peace or you don't feel comfortable about something, like don't just do it because it's going to make that other person, you know, warm and fuzzy. Yeah. I mean, that's incredible advice for any aspect of life, motherhood or not, like don't set yourself on fire. Yeah, it is. And Mm -hmm. I think that's awesome that you recognize that and more of us need to hear it. So thank you for, for sharing that. That quote is like, oh, it's so good. It's so great. I'm just like, oh, it's so good. And Katie, before we hop off, how can people connect with you on social media? Awesome. You can connect with me on Instagram at Katie A. Maxwell or my um, new business venture, Covey and Kate, which is at Covey, K-O-V-I and Kate, K-A-T-E. Katie, thank you so much for today. Your story is amazing and I love your your positive energy. We all We all need someone like you. So thank you so much for everything today. Thank you so much for having me. It has been an absolute pleasure. All right. I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening today. If you are loving this podcast, please review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Or five. Your support truly means the world, and I can't thank you enough.